right, Dan. We are back with another episode of Safety Stock. And Dan, I, I want you to imagine something. Okay. You know, if you want, close your eyes. Or They're close. All right. Uh, what does the world look like when you are not able to commute to your job via train because the trains are not running? What does the world look like if you are paying $9 for a loaf of bread? Or what does the world look like if you're in some places, they just don't have bread for you to buy? Do you want to be in this world? It's pretty apocalyptic. It is apocalyptic. What happens when there's a lot of places that you know rely on fertilizer to support their crops and they can't grow anything because they don't have the right fertilizer in order to get things going. You're gonna have a little, you're gonna have a crippling economy and then a shortage and unfortunately a possible famine, which don't want. No, famines are not good. And unfortunately we are closer to this day than we really wanna be. There is currently a possible strike that could happen starting this Friday between two of the largest uh, unions representing uh, train workers and the companies that own those railway lines. And if there is not a contract that gets signed uh, by Friday, or if the U.S. government doesn't step in, which they've had to do in the past to prevent these type of issues, we could start seeing these type of problems. Dan, highlight some of the other issues that may occur. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, Friday, September 16th is a pretty, uh, pretty big day for this industry. But what makes it so disruptive is that according to the Association of American Railroads, the freight rail industry, if shut down, would, cost, would cause a disruption of more than $2 billion per day in economic output. Two billion, yeah, that's a that's a lot of money. Um, and on top of that, rail accounts for about twenty eight percent of the U.S. freight movement. Trucking is nearly forty percent of the U.S. movement. So that means in each in one day, there's seven thousand long distance class one trains that would just be idle. That's covering a 140,000-mile network in 49 states. So you're continental 49 states. Sorry, Hawaii. But that's massive disruption. But then how can we offset that if there is a rail strike? Well, glad that you asked, Well, even though you didn't ask. You would need 460,000 additional trucks just to service those goods. Now, but at least we have enough truck drivers, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've gotten great detail, especially on our, our our last episode where we've talked about where there's a trucking shortage of drivers, and there's not because people don't want to enter that line of work. There's already a shortage of eighty thousand drivers. So you combine those two, and you know we're we're math guys here. We can do simple adding and subtracting here. It just equals a very bad bad number. And the consequences, you know, havoc in the supply chain. Inflationary pressures will probably rise. They already did rise. CPI rise for uh, for August. So it's not like inflation's cooling down yet. So this is just bad news 
not only for supply chain, but for just, I guess, civilization, we can call it. Yeah, I, I think the one picture that we're looking to paint here is that we are all touched by the rail industry in the United States. And not only are we touched as it as, you know, someone living in the United States, but it also has a global aspect to the economy. And that because of what's going on between the war um, in Ukraine with Russia, there is grain shortages on a global scale. And a lot of that is being made up in terms of exports from the U.S. If 20% of those exports are being affected from a rail network, that is a huge number for people that are not going to be able to access uh that food and as Dan mentioned, you know, a famine is certainly on the table. You know, we've seen issues specifically from container ships being backlogged, whether it was in Los Angeles at the beginning of the year into late last year, whether it's on the East Coast as things shifted a little bit towards Savannah in some of those eastern ports. If trains are not able to move those containers are going to pile up or not have space. They will not have anywhere to go because rail yards have to take those goods, start moving them. Chicago is a big nerve hub as it goes through. If it's going back and forth through the middle of the country, those container shorts will back up. And then we will have to unfurl these issues that we'll have seen And you know, for every, you know, two weeks, you know, it could send a system shock for, a month, two months before we even get close to catching back up. So it is in the best of interest of everyone watching for this deal to get done. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, like the white house in this position, um, they appointed a presidential emergency board that released recommendations um, in August to bring the railroad and unions closer to a deal. Five of those unions have reached uh, ten of agreements with railroads on a new contract based off those recommendations, which so called for a twenty four percent raise over five years and back pay, but it doesn't address all of the workers' concerns about the grueling hours that they endure, limited time off, going for hospital visits. So the bulk of rail workers that belong to the unions that haven't struck a deal, and a recent survey uh, from this grassroots group, Railroad Workers United, found that more than nine in 10 railroad workers would vote to reject the presidential emergency board recommendations and go on strike. Now, if the workers do vote for a strike, Congress would likely intervene to block it. Now, I don't know what those details could be. Obviously, you, you want there to be some sort of intervention because we, we talk about $2 billion a day of economic output is massive. Just so even one day on strike has huge um, disastrous, uh, I guess, role to the, to the economy. But uh, the expectation that we probably should, you know, be optimists here that there will be an agreement reached on September 16th. If not one is, uh, get ready for your uh, late night uh, news commentaries because there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of back and forth there that you want to stay out of. You're going to hear about this more and more until a deal gets done. And at any point in time, you have questions about 
what are some of the things that you can do or are there really anything that you can do feel free to reach out to us you can reach us at hello at anvil.com that's a-n-v-y-l.com and also you know the anvil software allows you to get real-time updates from your suppliers and these are one of the reasons why you need that visibility because if you have goods that are stuck and you don't know they're stuck and you're planning for them to get there you know it's a lot easier to find out when it happens versus two weeks later and you get other problems down the road so dan I think we're excited to see a deal get done here. There's a good chance Congress steps in. Um, but, you know, in terms of what you can do, happy to speak to you. Reach out to us.